Hi, and welcome to Firefly Ignite, where we are chasing creatives who inspire and ignite. My hope with this podcast is to inspire you in your creative journey and ignite your desire to step out into something new as you hear the story of other creatives. Today's guest is Andy Slater from Write Good Illustration. He lives in Sheffield and is an illustrator whose unique style is increasingly becoming a trademark in the city. His artwork blends together his love of music, sport, travel, community, and most importantly, his roots as a native Sheffielder. In this episode, Andy shares with us his journey in becoming a full-time illustrator, along with the vulnerabilities that come with being an artist. Let's tune in. Well, welcome, Andy Slater, to the podcast. It's great to have you on the show today. Uh, thanks for having me. I've really admired your work, especially over this last year, as I've been connected to it, mostly through Instagram and through others who have recommended it. And um, a photographer friend of mine who I think signed up for one of your giveaways this last year. Okay. And love what you do. Love that it's connected uh, to the city of Sheffield, although... Obviously, you produce work that's connected to other cities as well, but I would love to just hear a little bit about your own story and obviously illustrating uh, typography is a big part of what you do, but can you tell me kind of a little bit about how you got to where you are right now? Yeah, sure. So I've always I've always like loved drawing and loved being creative. I've always had like zero academic skills so when I was at school I loved drawing and but for me back then we're talking very early 90s late 80s especially like from my background doing perhaps like being an artist or an illustrator wasn't a, a real job I didn't see it as a real job so when I finished school I was kind of really struggling kind of thinking what could I do and I saw a um talking to one of the teachers and they're like doing career guidance and they said before graphic design and I didn't know what graphic design was at the age but they kind of explained it to me and it seemed more connected to a job so I thought yeah that's that sounds good so I went to college um I studied art and design first which I really enjoyed and then I did um two years graphic design national diploma which I really enjoyed because it was like a lot of, like you mentioned before, the typography. So I really enjoyed that. I really loved like how kind of clinical it was, but with a, you know, with a load of creativity to kind of do what you want as well. Mm-hmm. So a lot of my work is quite um, precise and pen drawing. Mm-hmm. And I do like that kind of neat style. I'm not like a, you know, like a crazy artist that right. colors on and see, see right. what happens. Right. The way I, the way I work is I, I almost create the idea to the finishing point in my head. Okay. And then what I, what I draw is literally what what's in my head. Okay. So I'm not necessarily, I'm not necessarily a big like sketcher or right. um, you know like developing the idea that all happens in my head. Right. So I will literally like draw in my head. So I think a lot of that perhaps comes from um, the the graphic design kind of things. But also, I think it's just literally how my head works. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, so I did um, two years in Sheffield. Then I went to Manchester for two years. And I did a HMD. Um, and then I came out of college 
and I really really wasn't sure what to do. Um, I, I worked in a bar straight away just to just to get some work mm-hmm. and to get some money. And then I um, took a summer job at um, a company my dad was working for, just in the warehouse. Mm-hmm. Um, it was only ever meant to be for a month, for a couple of months. I'd worked there in the past on um, college summers and stuff. I'd worked in the factory. I'd done various different things. So they kind of they knew me, they knew I knew, um, knew the job, knew the company. So I, I just uh, worked in the warehouse there. Um, and then they took on, they'd never really done any marketing. Again, we're talking probably 95, where perhaps marketing was seen as like still a fancy thing that big companies yes. kind of did. It wasn't a, wasn't a thing that every company like it is now is aware right. of. Right. It needs to have some kind of marketing function yeah. of some sort, even if it's just to build the website or to mm-hmm. social media. Mm-hmm. So they took on the marketing manager and um, I was chatting with him one day and he found out about my design background and creative background. And he asked me if I'd like to do some work on some packaging and different bits, which I did. And then that turned into me doing um, some literature and that turned into me doing the catalogue. And then before, it, I could kind of just roll into a, a marketing assistant position, which I did and I really enjoyed because I had a lot of the like creative side. I was doing the packaging, I was doing um, stuff for the website, doing visuals, I was doing exhibitions. So it was all like the creative side I wanted to do and getting you know involved in the marketing side and the sales side as well, which is really kind of helped me with things I've done since, finding about the business, finding about margins, finding about, you know, difference between wholesale and things like that. All things, little things I've taken as I've gone gone along the way. But then the marketing manager left and I was actually quite surprised. He asked me if I wanted the marketing manager role, which I took because it was a good job. Right. Good money. Right. So this is five years after leaving college yeah five years later yeah i'm still in my my two-month role right Uh (laughs) uh-huh that happens though yeah and it all starts to kind of um kind of go to the wayside and then i had the marketing manager's job i think i was i was in that role for just about four and a half years and then i kind of started thinking well this is like best part of nine years now. It's not really what I want. Mm-hmm. It's nothing I'd studied. It's just stuff I'd learned and picked up. So I was like, this isn't what I kind of out wanting to do. And the marketing side was always, I didn't necessarily enjoy the kind of the facts and the figures. And marketing can be, apart from the creative side, it can be very kind of tick box. Mm-hmm. Uh, like when you set off, when you set off with a product or a project, you know, there's certain things you kind of have to do to yeah. take something to market. And it's very facts and figures and checking on facts and checking out this is done compared to that's done. And that side didn't necessarily interest me that much. So I thought, right, I'm going to do, I'm just going to, I'm going to do graphic design. And were you back in Sheffield at that point? I come back to Manchester the, okay. and then I decided that I just wanted to try doing what I'd actually studied. Yeah. Um, I was there for about two, three years, and I really, I really didn't enjoy it. Yeah, I really, I really didn't. Um, it wasn't as creative as I thought. It's, yeah. So I went back to marketing, knew, knew in that I wanted to do something 
for myself on my own so I could have creative freedom, but not really kind of knowing what I wanted to do. And I've always drawn, I've always done drawing. And then about three years ago, it just kind of didn't feel right what I was doing. I was going through a difficult time. As um, I've always had like, I've always been like very anxious, but I didn't know it was like a thing. And then I went to the doctors and I got diagnosed with uh, mild depression and anxiety, mm. which I started taking medication for, but it just didn't work for me. And I just kind of thought, I just realized my job was a big part of not feeling great and not, you know, right. not making me feel how I needed to feel. Yeah. And I've been drawing a lot at this stage and I saved a bit of money and I thought, Do you know what? I, I didn't, I didn't need to work for a couple of months. And I thought, Do you know what? I'm just not going to work for a couple of months. So I packed up my job. Yeah. And I thought, I'll, you know, I'll try this. And if not, you know, and I just started set up an Instagram page and start putting on my artwork on there. And it just started growing really fast. Wow. And, um, yeah, so that's kind of how I got to where I am now, really. Goodness. So really a few years ago, about, you said about three years ago, it was maybe a turning point for you where you kind of had sort of a, a valley of decision, yes. if you will. So you had that moment of like, what do I really want to do? And you realized maybe with your mental health, it wasn't where you wanted it to be. Yeah. And you paused on work for a couple of months you thought, well, yeah. I don't have to. And so you made that decision to kind of give yourself some space and, and then kind of decide where to go from there. And so, but that sounds like that was a real turning point for you in where you are today. Yeah, it was, it was almost one of those where it's kind of, I almost felt like as much as it was a conscious decision, I almost felt like I had no choice because I knew I couldn't carry on how I was. And I knew I almost had to kind of rebuild my working life around me to kind of suit to suit me and to suit how I worked and to suit when I felt good and when I didn't feel good. I think that the kind of the structure of having to work nine to five and having to kind of be okay and on it between nine and five, five days a week, just kind of just burnt me out. I, I just yeah. couldn't, I just couldn't do that. Right. Um, I mean, the irony is I probably work more hours now than I ever have, but I work when I feel good. And I think even just, even that makes me feel better because there's not the pressure to have to kind of perform mm -hmm. kind of during set hours, mm -hmm. which is me. And also I'm not a morning person as well. So sure. <laughs> yeah. It, 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 it just, it just ties me out. So again, just that extra, you know, flexibility of, kind of starting the day when I feel ready, knowing that I can just finish it two hours later if I need to. Yeah. Not, kind yeah. of if I've not slept at night or if I've been like anxious in my sleep and woken up loads, you know, there's the there's the freedom to say, well, I'll just start at 10 and I can finish at eight or nine instead. Right. Right. Rather than, right. you know, the force of having to kind of get up, go to work, and be on it straight away. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's so it's, great. It's, it's just the, it's just like the ultimate work-life balance really. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's great. And so I would love to hear about some of the work that you do. In fact, I, I was going to ask you a question, which you answered already, which is when you create, you often picture it in your head ahead of time versus let's just start and see where this goes. So I guess you would say, is that basically your creative style and, and process is to, is to in, in a way, imagine it first and then put it out onto whatever yeah. medium you're using? Yeah, generally. Um, sometimes I'll kind of make notes. So if there's like a lyric I hear that really kind of gets my imagination, going, I'll, write, I'll kind of write it down knowing I want to do something with it. Um, and sometimes like if I have an idea that I don't feel ready to develop, I'll kind of write ideas down, but it won't, it won't be in a kind of visual sketch kind of way. Mm -hmm. Sometimes if I have an idea, I'll literally just do a literally like postage stamp size thing just to say, oh, you had that, you've got the idea, but you don't know what quite to do with it yet. So I'll just kind of note it down. Yeah. I have like a little, um, a little kind of just a five book I keep in my bag and if I have an idea and I'm in the middle of something I'll just kind of write it down and come back to it and I quite like doing that sometimes because then if I, if I forget about the idea I kind of think well if it's not stuck in my head then it's you know it's not going to appeal to necessarily other people as well so it kind of disappears from my head mm. that's fine mm -hmm. but I'll literally some ideas that I, I get in my head and I'll literally stop everything I'm doing and kind of put it on paper straight away and literally work to the finished piece. Yeah. It's, it's like in my head and kind of so excited it's in my head and I need to get it down. I need to finish it. So I want mm -hmm. to see it done. So I'd say about 75% of the work I do is that I just literally I just go straight to it and finish it. Yeah. 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 Um, and the rest I'll kind of maybe do in stages. Yeah. The cityscapes are, they take me, they take me quite a while to do. So the, the bigger cityscapes I will, I'll do them in sittings because because they're so detailed and I find it take a lot of concentration. Um, you kind of I kind of have to really be in a a certain kind of space to do those to kind of concentrate on them for like yeah. three or four hours just to get yeah. like one of the buildings do so. Yeah, the cityscapes will take me a bit longer. They take me like two to three weeks, but mm -hmm. everything else I tend to do literally like just in maybe a day or two days. Right. I like to, I like to finish them, but yeah. Yeah. So you like to start and finish something if you can within sort of a yes. certain amount of time and not just kind of come back to it a few weeks later or, you know. Yeah. Yeah. No, I don't like, even with the cityscapes, I'll, I'll tend to do it a building at a time. So I'll try and finish a building in a one day, day and a half period. I, I don't like to leave half is OCD thing. So if I start, I'm doing like all the bricks on a you know a really detailed building. I will, I will literally work till like early hours of the morning to finish it because I know all I'll do is stay awake all night. Imagine drawing bricks. Right. <laughs> yeah. So you want to get it done, <laughs> complete it. <laughs> once, I, yeah. Once I start, because sometimes I'll look at something and I'll start. I go to start another bit and I'll be like, no, it's it's too late to start that. You, you yeah. know full well you're going to be up till three o'clock in the morning if you start right. now. So just yeah, just leave it as it is. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. So do you have any, any work that you've done that would, you'd say that was one of the more meaningful things that I, that I worked on? Yeah. Um, in terms of, um, my work, 
um, in terms of what I, you know, um, I've kind of produced and, you know, I sell my prints, it would definitely be the cityscape. Yeah. Um, I, I don't actually remember where that kind of idea came from. I wanted to do something a bit different, but to do kind of, the kind of that collage to kind of effect and put all the buildings together like that. Kind of the kind of first thing that that's the first time it kind of triggered in my head that I could actually do this quite seriously and, mm. um, you know, try and take it quite far. So for me, when I look at that one, that was like the that's almost like my baby. That's the first one that I did. It was um, kind of for, yeah, this is this is the way forward. This is, you know, this works and this, you know, and I really enjoyed doing it as well. So, yeah, yeah, for yeah. me, that's always the one that stands out. And I still yeah. got the, the original on my wall in the studio. Yeah. And people have asked me if I'd ever sell it. And I was like, I don't, I don't think I ever would. Yeah, yeah. I don't think I'd ever sell that one. Yeah. Because you put so much of who you are into into that as well. You yeah. know, it's I mean, from from what I can see, you'd rather work on something where there's your heart and soul is in it and not just like, oh, I, I could get a commission for this, but am I really attached to this in some way? Yeah, it it it, it always has to mean something to me or interest me. I, I can't do stuff for the sake of it. People have asked me to do kind of certain certain buildings or even like certain clubs and stuff but I was like I, I don't have any connection to that place it doesn't it doesn't it's not emotive to me it doesn't make me I mean even with places I, I don't necessarily know or buildings I don't know I still can there's still be intrigue in, in, in it for me yeah. you know there's some yeah. kind of thought process but if there's not any of that for me I can't just draw it yeah. kind of cold with just no feeling it's different yeah. with commissions because it means something to another person so it's nice to kind of talk to them about what it means to them or sure. you know if they if they met a partner there or if the dad used to work there that's that's their story and I like creating it for them to kind of give them the same feeling I get from looking at mm-hmm. my work mm-hmm. but if it's if it's just my work I, I can't just draw yeah kind of anywhere yeah it has to mean yeah. something to me yeah I noticed one of the prints that you sell has to do with home and staying at home and the customer, if you will, could insert their own house number into the print. Yes. And so it's a way of basically combining an idea that you came up with, but then personalizing it, I I guess, for those who, who would like to also have kind of a part in the creation with you. Yeah, that, that's, um, that's not really something I'd normally do, but that was actually a commission. Um, that somebody asked me to do for their home. And this has happened with two commissions. They've actually said, oh, why don't you sell that as a print? And I'm like, well, because normally I'd never do that because, you know, people pay for the commissions, it's their work. But a couple of people have said, no, you know, I really like your work and, you know, I'd I'd like like you to sell it. Yeah. And, you know, have it for yourself as well. Yeah. Which is great when people do that. And Mm -hmm. that happened with the... um, the Sheffield Cityscape, the Henderson's Relish one. Yeah. Um, that was one of the first commissions I ever did. And um, the guy that commissioned me to do that, you know, he said, you know, I know these things take you a lot of time. I know you're just starting out. He says, why don't you add it to your, you know, to what you sell to kind of help you. Wow. Which is, you know, it's really kind of him. And, yeah. you know, this guy, you know, still supports my work, to buy his work. And, you know, that's been a very successful print for me as well. So, yeah, it, it is, it yeah. is nice when people do that. Yeah. Yeah, I would imagine that particular one would be very successful. Yeah, 
yeah, yeah, no, no, it has been. And that's one of that might be the only well, off the top of my head, I think that's the only print I've got that's hand coloured. So it's from a hand coloured original. So a lot okay. of the time, because of the like the colour finish I like, and this goes back to my graphic design days, I will hand draw them to scan them, then I have the colour digitally. On a lot of work, on some on commissions, I don't always, but on my mm. work, that's just the finish I like. I, I mm. don't like it not being when I've gone to all the de, you know all the all the detail I go into and the kind of preciseness of the drawing I do and the work that goes into it. I don't like then to you know play around with color and have it you know kind of too messy. Although I, I am getting into that a bit more now, and I'm kind of loosening up a bit with my work. Um, because I, I do like it quite precise but um, you know I, I, moving forward I want to be a bit kind of freer with that and kind yeah. of take it in a, a less precise although I'll always love doing the detail and detail always be there right. but I think it kind of a mix so moving forward uh-huh. I'm kind <laughs> of I, I see myself you know changing a little bit which I've always little, wanted that yeah. I don't yeah. like doing it's like a lot of people have a, have a set will have a set style which is great but I don't think I've got the attention span to have a set style. Mm. I like trying something a bit different and I like doing mm. different things. Mm-hmm. So I think there's probably like almost like two or three styles within my work, really. And I think, you know, as an artist, you've got to have that creative flexibility and not feel locked in. Yes. Feel like there's space for spontaneity in what you do. Yes. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I, I don't really want to get kind of stuck in a position where if I do something totally different people would be like oh no that's not right do like you used to do 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 another one right. of those I, uh-huh. I'd like to just kind of I mean I know it is it is quite recognizable some of my work but especially the cityscape yeah whatever excites me whatever I you know find a creative challenge I, you know I've yeah. seen my work changing a lot over the years I've already already got like loads of ideas of you know things I want to do in the future and, yeah yeah and I would think that despite the difference in style all of your work has your imprint on it. So there's definitely an imprint yeah. of Andy Slater on these works, but there's a variety that you're able to express, which I think is really great. It definitely all reflects different parts of my personality. Um, some more serious, some more fun, um, you know, the different things I'm into, the different kind of music I like to listen to, the different places I've been that inspire me. Um, so yeah, there's, there's definitely, there's always something in each one. I, I, like I said, I couldn't do something that was just because it's like people will say, oh, well, you do this artist. I'm like, well, I don't listen to their right. music. I'm not, I'm not going to do that as a general mm-hmm. piece of mind. Again, if someone asks for a commission about an artist mm-hmm. they like, I will, you know, quietly do that mm-hmm. for them because then it's, you know, it's their story, it's their taste. But for me, I can't just do something because I think it will be popular. yeah. yeah. That's, that's something I could I could never yeah. do if it didn't inspire yeah. me to do it. It'd feel a bit kind of mm-hmm. cold to me. Mm-hmm. You know, I really appreciate um, that stance on your creativity that for you, it's important to have uh, an authenticity about it, to not be kind of wedged into performing something or like to like, or maybe, yeah. maybe that's not the best word, producing something um, that yeah. I think would be so easy to do and still respected, you know? Yeah. I, I think the if I, if I did do something that wasn't interesting, I think it would kind of show a bit as well, because I think I got bored 
as I was doing it and it wouldn't have this same kind of finish to it or the same kind of detail or, you know, the connections or the lyrics I use and the imagery I use are things that make a really good kind of connection for me. And I don't think I could make that connection if I wasn't aware of the song or if I didn't have a connection to it or if I didn't have a connection to the place. Um, That's what I really enjoy when I make those like, when I make my notes and I think, oh, you know, that lyric needs to go something. And then when it pops in my head, what it goes to sometimes like the image, it's like, I've got one that it's, it's one of my favorite lyrics. And um, it's a bit like the um, Stanley Edge one I did. And I really enjoyed doing that, doing the detail and kind of mm-hmm. in nature rather than in a building. Yeah. Um, I didn't, I didn't know I was going to enjoy doing that, but I tried it and I really did. Um, so that's something I want to do, do again and there's like some imagery that I came up with and I've seen and I, I already kind of had the lyric in my head and I thought yeah those two will go together perfectly and I'm I'm really excited to do that one so that's great that's going to be one of my next ones and that's great I can't wait to do that a couple more questions for you you know can you talk about the vulnerability that artists face as they put out to the public what what they've kind of like mm. burst inside of them <laughs> what is that like for you um terrifying um it's not so bad anymore because she kind of it is, it is more difficult at the beginning because um people do judge there's a difference between what people like people think they've kind of got the right to tell you that's not right or that doesn't work or that's not very good which it's not true. They cannot like it, which is fine. Um, no one, nobody likes everything. But people can be very critical of maybe you and why you've done it or how you've done it and question things. And, yeah, it is quite scary. The thing I found scariest of all at the beginning was um, actually like doing markets and being face-to-face with people and kind of confronting that kind of mm-hmm. conversation face-to-face. Um, that can be quite difficult um, because, you know, in my, I mean, I've not really kind of started thinking about the hows and whys until I've started doing things like this and talking to people. And it actually makes you think, Right. you don't always think about the process yourself. Right. It's, just something, it's just something you do. It's, I mean, I, I wasn't aware how much I actually just, traded in my head till I started talking to people and talking to other other artists and you know everyone likes right. to know each other's like processes and it's you know it's, it's very interesting how different everyone works and you know I tell people this and they'd be like wow it's like I've literally got like hundreds of sketchbooks and it's like how, how do you manage with all that in your head and it's like well you know don't I don't always sleep great because it's just like wearing around but you know it, it gets very filled up, but that's just how I work. And yeah, yeah, that's just how it comes out. And that's just my process. I I couldn't, even if I think, oh, I'll, I'll sketch it out. I'll start sketching it. And I'll be like, sometimes within two minutes of doing it, I'm like, I don't know why I'm doing this. I know what it's mm-hmm. going to look like. And I'll just mm-hmm. start on the final piece mm-hmm. and just do it. And mm-hmm. very rarely there'll be tweaks. Mm-hmm. There'll be slight tweaks to it. Um, I think maybe with the, Colors sometimes I play around quite a bit in terms of the idea and the the layout and the composition. That that mm. is that is literally all in my head wow. straight away. I know exactly how it's going to look. 
and I won't put pen to paper until I've finished. Like literally, and I will literally draw it in my head. It won't be a case of like piecing it together in my head. I will in my mind. Okay. I'm actually drawing it, okay, and doing all the detail. So by the time I'm, it's almost like right <laughs> muscle muscle memory. But when I come to when I come to draw it, it's almost like I've already mentally gone through that process. You've already done it. You've already, so you're drawing it again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's not like I I just imagine it in my head and see the finished piece. I'll actually put it, I'll, I'll actually sketch in my head and I'll draw in my head and I'll finish it and I'll make all the changes and, you know, positioning in my head first. And then when I come to draw it, it's finished. It's already, the, the idea is already there and it's, it's complete. That is fascinating. So interesting to hear the process for you. Yeah, it's, it's, it's an odd one. I don't think many, I'm sure there's are people that do the same, but, you know, a lot of artists, They'll have, you know, sketchbooks full of stuff and they'll, you know, play around with stuff and they'll have like samples of colors, you know, on sketches and stuff. But yeah, it's yeah. just literally not how it works for me. And what is it that you hope for in your work when people view it or purchase it? What's the takeaway that you're hoping that they have? Um, I mean, for me, it's still uh, every time someone buys um, some of my artwork is, is still a massive thing I'll never kind of yeah. take that for granted or not appreciate that every every time and you know people will send me pictures and they'll have like six plus pieces of my artwork in the home and mm-hmm. that's that's a massive privilege to have that kind of mm-hmm. presence in people's homes it really is and uh, that, that's, that's still a strange feeling to me um, but I do love that I like it when people come in come into my shop or at markets um, the fact that they'll stand and look at my work and like, talk about it and they'll talk about, oh, do you remember that place? Or, oh, yeah, you know, really love doing, love doing that. People will, like talk about it or see stuff and like laugh about it. And I do like seeing that. That's, I think for me, when someone connects, connects with it, the same reason why I did it and the connections I had with it, that's, that's the kind of biggest, biggest kind of joy for me. Yeah. No, that's great. And I love that there's a variety in, in the places that you illustrate. And so yeah. you have places such as Stanage Edge that you've mentioned that actually this, you know, quite a wide uh, region of people will, will know what that is. And then yeah. you have things like the, the little shop on Sherovale or the cheese grater, which, you know, if you don't live in the city, yeah. you won't have a clue, but then, but it's so meaningful to those who are located here. Yeah. Yeah, um, it's like one of the ones I did was um, it's, it was a place called GH Good on Aberdale Road, and it was just like a little shop that sold old sinks, rail, literally anything yeah. you could think of. And only people in the area would really know that shop. It was a very well known shop, mm-hmm. and not not many people rec- recognize that. But the ones that do, they're like, they'll be like, oh my God, I can't believe you've drawn that. Yeah. It's like, I used, to, I used to love walking past it. Yeah. I used to love chatting to the guy that owned it. And, you know, I drew it because of those reasons. Yes. So a lot of the time, people will like it for the same reasons why I drew it. Yeah. Yeah. That's and I think that's kind of where the connection kind of comes mm-hmm. from because, it, again, it doesn't matter how random or popular the place is. If I'm really excited to draw it, I, I will just let you draw it. Yeah. Because it still has to be that fun element to what I do. It still has to be the, I want to, I'm excited to draw it. Yeah. So I would never want to be drawing stuff and be thinking, 
oh god i've got to draw this but mm-hmm. you know at least it pays the bills it, it does pay the bills but if i can you know the fact that i love drawing it as well just makes it even mm-hmm. even better mm-hmm. that's great and i i love that the way in which you illustrate something or draw it is um it's a way to kind of immortalize something that that differs from the standard yeah. photograph you know before it would be yeah. say um black and white photos you know before color photography was in- introduced and and now that in a way that's very nostalgic for us but because of color photography taking over um, our digital photography it's really fun to have something different that's still kind of like you know, beautifully captures a place like these little shops or, you know, nooks that only people in that area would know about, but be so, so tickled that you actually drew it. All my original stuff is black and white. And I love working in black and white um, because for me, sometimes that's all it really needs because it's about the detail and the place. And I I don't really want to take it. Sometimes I don't want the kind of the color to take over. Um, I mean, I do like a nice bright print and uh, I love bright colours, but mm-hmm. in terms of the original and working, I, I just love the black and white. I just love the, you know, trying to get the detail of the place and trying to get the character. Um, and it's almost an extra challenge by not using the colour. It's kind of getting it just in simple black and white. So that's, that's why everything starts with black and white and pen for me. And I've, I've always loved drawing like that. I've always just loved like, trying to get in you know, some kind of like shading, just using black and white. And sometimes I use dots. Sometimes I use like cross hatching. Sometimes I just keep it a bit more simple. So I love love kind of finding the level where it's done and finding out what it needs. So sometimes if it's a more, you know, what what kind of level of brickwork do I put in? Do I, you know, what kind of detail? And I'll almost like ignore certain parts of, actual thing I'm drawing to kind of suit the finished piece so nobody ever notices it 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 kind of tickles me that you can leave out stuff or you know you can be like well I don't actually like that part of it I don't think that adds anything to it so you can leave out like the fact that a doorway has steps or something or things like that so (laughs) there's always at least like one or two little things that I like to kind of put in as like a I wonder if anyone will notice that and rarely to do, but that's because it's, mm-hmm. it's not what people are looking for. It's more the, the emotive side kind of it. Right. Well, it's been great hearing about your work and your creative process and just the journey that it takes, that's taken you to, to get here, knowing that it's, it's always evolving. There's always, you know, new things on the horizon, but also thank you for just sharing about the vulnerability yeah. of, of what you do. Uh, it's a very real thing that most artists can connect with yeah so if people want to find out more about what you do can you tell us about where they can find you online um, and also about your shop in town my instagram is at regular illustration um the website is www.regularillustration um i have a shop and studio in Callum island it's in the Callum arcade which is next to deco bakery which most people know Great. Thank you. Thanks, Andy. Thanks for being part of the show. Oh, you're welcome. Thanks for having me. I hope you enjoyed this interview with Andy and check out his work on his website or stop in at his shop if you live locally. If you enjoyed today's show, I'd love to hear from you. You can drop me a line on my website at fireflyignite.com or message me on Instagram or Facebook. 
please feel free to share this with friends and family, and we'll see you next time.